Hello, welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. And mine's going to take me to Ireland on a stag do. Pretty excited. Hope the stag's not listening because it's a secret. This is the Not The Top 20 <laughs> podcast. Does he ever listen? Betting show. Nah, most of my mates don't listen to this podcast. They get enough from me anyway. Uh, this is the NTT 20 betting show. It's sponsored by Betfair. Uh, and it's me, Ali Maxwell, and him, George Ellick, making betting picks ahead of the EFL weekend. This show is for over 18s only. And it's very important that everyone listening, everyone that's ever considering placing a bet, whether that's this weekend or any time, uh, it's worth being gamble aware. It's important to be gamble aware. Head to begambleaware.org to brush up on those. Uh, I'm certainly giving back quite a lot of the money that I made in the first 12 weeks of the season. Last week was a bagel, not uh, out of four, minus five points. Um, finding it really tough at the moment, which is, I guess, always going to happen across a, a long season, but doesn't make it any easier to deal with. Uh, George, you were up by a massive 0.1 point. <laughs> You'll take it. Get in. Yeah. Annoying. I mean, Hayden Hackney being rested and then brought him a five minutes ago was a shame Yeah. Um, for the goal score. I've had a few I've taken... What I thought were calculated risks with goal scorers, Mustafa Bundu not playing and then being brought on and then being injured after five minutes was a bad one. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's time just to pick players who are going to start, which I think I've done today. Well, 0.1 points profit overall, uh, your next best. Uh, Carlisle was a double next best. They lost to Oxford. Hackney, as you mentioned, came on very briefly to make your better a, a, sh- a sad loser. Uh, and uh, Bolton Cheltenham was match abandoned and therefore uh, your long shot was a void. BTTS Acker, four out of six. You've got to stop backing teams to score against Southampton because two weeks in a row, uh, uh, one in the cup and then last week in the league, they have not conceded. But the never-ending EFL calendar means that it's always time to look forward rather than backwards. George, what's your best bet in the EFL this weekend? What's your nap? My best bet and drum roll for any Leicester City fans who are listening who feel like I haven't given them a fair crack for the most part this season. Uh, I'm Putting up Leicester to be lip switch at twenty to twenty-three Way. on Monday night. Are you um, all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Bang on the head. Massive price, isn't it? Yeah, big price. Like I'm, I, I've been the one who's been very pro Ipswich and very, well, not very anti Leicester, but just not quite buying into the Leicester hype train for the majority of the campaign. <laughs> Tough position to take when they're on course to break the points record. Yeah, but I, I still, as I've said in the past... <laughs> and I love poking the bear. Um, but Leicester were beaten, obviously, by, by Coventry last time out on Sunday. Um, it was a game where they were 1-0 up um, before Abdul Fatou uh, was sent off for a, a horrible challenge before half-time. And then in the second half, they lost it 3-1. And, um, uh, you know, the suspension to Fatou, the, you know, indeed the out-injured... The players at AFCON, it's all kind of lending itself to, to thinking maybe Leicester, this might be the perfect time to play Leicester. And I don't necessarily disagree like inherently within that. But I do think when we're looking at this game in particular, it's a pretty good time for them to play Ipswich. Now Ipswich have won, they bounced back from what's been a really disappointing run of games where they were winless in five going into the, the game against Sunderland. They were 1-0 down. They managed to come back and win that game 2-1. But there are quite a few reasons, I would say, to be pretty concerned with with Ipswich's form especially away from home where they've played two other sides in the last you know since the the end of November who are in the current top five they went to West Brom they went to Leeds Leeds absolutely trounced them 4-0 and West Brom beat them 2-0 really comfortably as well where they went 1-0 up fairly early and then just were still the better side 
Ipswich have failed to score in three of their last five on the road. All season, their away form has not been as good as their home form. And in George Hurst being injured, they've lost their key focal point up front, the target man, the player who the others play off. And as of yet, they're yet to replace him. So, you know, these two teams played fairly recently. Ipswich um, got a point very late on, thanks for double deflection, a point they deserved on the balance of play. Um, Mavadidi put Leicester 1-0 up. And Ipswich, you know, had the better of the game after that without creating too many clear-cut chances. Um, but I just think that maybe with Leicester, who even in that second half against Coventry, despite the fact they lost 3-1, until they conceded, they looked fairly comfortable 11 v 10 as well. Um, this is a Leicester side whose home form is so strong. And, you know, if I'm going to pick holes in their in their in some of their performances this season, it's all away from home. Like, if you look at their home form this season, if you take out the 1-0 defeat to um, Leeds, they've won nine of their last um, 10 home games. They've kept clean sheets in all but two of those. Like, they are dominant at home. Um, and if you look at the goal scored in their recent home games, it's four against Huddersfield, three against Rotherham, three against Millwall, four against Argyle, two against Watford. Like, you know, any issue that I've, any question marks I've got around them isn't around their form at the King, at the King Power. So, yeah, I think at, at 20 to 23, there is a gap between these two in the table at the moment. It wouldn't surprise me if the gap is, is bigger by the end of the season. And um, I think it's the opportunity for the first time maybe this season has, arise, has arisen in my view where Leicester at value to, to win the game. Okay, my naps in League Two is Tranmere Rovers to beat Swindon Town a 7-4 with the Betfair Sportsbook, 2.75 the decimal. I'll start with Swindon. They sacked their manager, uh, Mike Flynn, at the start of this week. And it's one of them where I don't think there are too many tears being shed due to the team's poor form and slide down the table. Equally, I think the fans are at the point now where been enough water under the bridge under this ownership there's been enough managers hired and sacked probably to be of the opinion that Flynn wasn't the main issue here might be the easiest thing to change but uh, I don't think the wall is being pulled over the fans eyes anymore in terms of pinning everything on the manager I, I don't remember there being a huge lobby for him to be sacked despite the recent poor form so the focus is on the board really, there's a lot of anger with how the season is going and how the last few years have gone at Swindon Town after initial positivity under the new owner, or not the new owner anymore, the owner Clem Morfuni. There does seem to be a bit of love for the caretaker, Gavin Gunning, who'll be taking Swindon from now to the end of the season, we understand. Um, he had a previous caretaker spell, which I think was quite entertaining and, and had some good results in it. I, I personally don't see this being a case where it's obvious that a sacking will bring about a huge initial upturn uh, in both performance from the team, but also positivity and renewed energy uh, within the, the stands at the county ground. I mean, Swindon have gone from third to 15th in three and a half months. Uh, over the last 23 games in the league, they've conceded 46 goals, so two goals a game. They've lost six of their last eight. As I said on Monday, when we discussed the Flynn departure, I don't think the squad is good uh, and... Certainly not after the fact that they've lost now their three best attacking players. We talked about Kemp. We talked about Young. What about Romeo Hutton leaving? This is a guy who, from right wing back, has got the most open play key passes in the league. Now, for someone in his position, a part of that is going to be down to the targets that you have in the middle and playing in a good attacking system. And at times, Swindon have attacked well, particularly with Kemp and Young benefiting from that. But he is still a quality attacking player. He is therefore the third quality attacking player that Swindon have lost. As discussed, defensively, they are one of the worst teams in the league. So losing the attacking quality that was just about keeping their head above water in the first place 
very concerning to me. And I don't like the replacements that they have in the building at the moment um, for Kemp, for Young. Uh, and for Hutton as well. Uh, so worried about Swindon despite making the managerial change. For me, that hasn't really changed the way that I rate them. It uh, hasn't changed how concerned I am about them from now to the end of the season. I can't see them picking up very many points. They have a big enough cushion that they will almost certainly be fine unless Sutton and Forest Green come on pretty strong, in which case they really will need to have to butt their ideas up. Uh, as for Tranmere, momentum halted somewhat in the last couple of weeks. Uh, they had won four in a row, hadn't they? Flown up the table. Nigel Adkins getting a lot of plaudits, understandably, for turning around what was a really poor team a couple of months into this season. Uh, but they have lost to Barrow and MK in the last two games in the league, both by a single goal. Uh, Barrows was a screamer from outside the box from Campbell, and MK Dons won with a 95th minute winner. So two top seven teams beating Tranmere by one goal in fairly tight games, although MK probably did deserve the win. Makes me not that worried that Tranmere, you know, it was all a flash in the pan. Uh, away from home, they were terrible, and now they're much better uh, in that good run they had. They beat Harrogate and Salford away from home. So, you know, I'm not worried about the defeats to Barrow and MK. I think a game away at Swindon is much more relevant to wins away at Harrogate and Salford, uh, and I think that they can maintain that level of performance because Rob Apter is back. Uh, his loan ended, but he's been... The Velociraptor brings a lot of speed, etc. Uh, but, you know, it's not just the attacking wide players, although they are the ones that are kind of taking the headlines. I think Walker and Hendry in midfield is a really solid partnership. Davis and Turnbull, uh, the centre-backs as well. So I like what I'm seeing from Tramway at the moment. I think they're a much more together team, uh, just a much better football team. Uh, and I like them to win at 2.75 here at uh, 7-4. to four. George, next best. Yeah, my next best is Stockport to beat Notts County at 29 to 20 in League Two. Oh, um, I thought about this one. I yeah, thought long and hard about this one. There are some um, question marks here. Like Stockport's away form was imperious. Well, I mean, their, their general form was imperious for a time. And they come into this one winless in their last four away from home. Nice. So ever since they went to Newport and lost that game 2-1, which was the big one to, to break the record. And um, they've then gone to Barrow, uh, Morecambe and Bradford and come away with a point in, in each of them. And when you consider that Bradford playing pretty well under the manager. Not the worst result to draw 0-0 there. Barrow 2-0 down early on and came back and drew the game 2-all. Um, these aren't necessarily bad results inherently, um, but they're, you know, the, the feeling is, is that Stockport aren't necessarily operating at the level they were previously in the season. This is mainly about Notts County. And as I've said on the Monday pods, like I, I don't think with the, with the quality of the squad that Notts County have got, I don't think there's any real huge reason to think it's going to be a massive drop-off now Luke Williams has gone. Like I think he was doing an incredible job, but I don't think he was kind of the special source here. And without him, everything's going to taste pretty bland. Um, they've still got quality operators through the pitch. Macaulay Langstaff, despite um, speculation of him moving elsewhere, is still at the club. Dan Crowley, Jody Jones in unbelievable form at the moment. Um, You're saying a lot of good things about Notts County here. But concerning. we've seen, and this is... a. A really weird trend. Notts County against good teams this season have been really poor. Yeah. If you look at them, their games this season against the top 10, they've played each of the top 10 once um, so far. And they've only won one of those games. And that was a 2-1 win at Gillingham um, back in, in mid-October. I think just before Neil Harris was sacked. At home, they've only played two of the top 10 two of the best teams in the league, Wrexham and Mansfield. They lost those games 4-1 and 2-0. They went to Stockport and lost that game 2-1. They lost at Crewe 1-0. They lost at FC Wimbledon 4-2. They lost at Harrogate 3-2 and draws at Barrow and MK. Stop, stop. <laughs> He's already dead. They, these, they are, you know, they're, they're flat track bullies, effectively. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like against the poorer teams in the league, 
they they hammer them and they score loads of goals and it's and it's great to watch and great to see. The fact that they also went to Grimsby last weekend and drew five all, um, you know, creating good chances, but again, defensively looking very poor is is a concern. It looks like Stuart Maynard is is, is looking set. If you look at the bookmaker prices, I think he's now one to six to get the job. It is likely to come in, which I think is a really exciting appointment, but has basically no bearing on this game whatsoever. So I'm happy to follow the trend that Notts County struggle against the best teams in the league and you know, here they're coming up against maybe the best. Championship, League Two, League Two, League One. Well, I'm, I'm looking at your pick and I'm, I can't believe it. Bristol Rovers, 13-8 to eight against Blackpool. Who do you say at the moment you've got gas? Yes, <laughs> big time. Yeah, both both play midweek, so no benefits there. Do you want to do the whole thing, mate? Could all be quite tired. Do you want to do the whole bit? No. Because you're taking you, a lot of my bits Were here. you going to say that you had gas? I've got gas, <laughs> and guess what? Both teams played in midweek. i got nothing else to say. <laughs> Uh, goal score it no um, they said it would never happen Ali picking against Neil Critchley's Blackpool yeah. but allow me to introduce Matt Taylor's Bristol Rovers um, I've backed them twice in two weeks haven't I as part of my long shot both times I've backed them to win and BTTS both times they've lost uh, oh no actually Norwich they drew 1-1 didn't they and then last week against Barnsley they lost 2-1 right at the end so I am still have the feeling that that my general train of thought isn't a million miles off, um, and that maybe with a, a, a little bit of little bit of luck, we could be on the right side of it. Um, straight up win, Bristol Rovers against Blackpool. Big game uh, between two teams who are still looking at the League One playoffs with differing degrees of seriousness. Uh, Blackpool are seven points back from Oxford and have played a game more than Barnsley and Oxford, who are seven points ahead of them and, and that they need to chase down, not to mention Stevenage are four points ahead of them. Um, but Bristol Rovers are 15 points off the playoffs. They've played a game less than everyone else. So, look, Rovers lost last weekend to Barnsley and the fan base generally seemed to say that's the end of our season and probably, unless they win today and go on a march. And both teams played in FA Cup replays on Wednesday night. Uh, Bristol Rovers lost 3-1 at home to Norwich. Having been one of that, Blackpool lost 3-2 at home to Nottingham Forest after extra time. That is a factor here. Uh, extra time on what was a pretty poor, sandy pitch. You have to feel could be fairly energy sapping both physically and, and mentally to get so close and lose in extras. Uh, Grimshaw, the keeper, got injured. Uh, O'Donnell came on. I, you know, I think Grimshaw's been in good form and, and in rhythm, so I'd be concerned for Blackpool about uh, an injury to him long term. Um I'm not ready to give up on Bristol Rovers. Since the start of December, they've taken the fourth most shots in League One, the fifth highest open play XG. They're just peppering the opposition goal. 5.8 shots on target per game, uh, including two, two cup games against higher opposition, uh, two cup games against Norwich there. So really are very good going forward. Of course, it's true that they can't keep a clean sheet, that they haven't kept a clean sheet for ages. I see them basically as very similar to Barnsley, who I backed them to beat last weekend. Um, really open games. Lots of shots taken and faced. And Barnsley are somehow falling on the right side of it. Bristol Rovers on the other side of it. But I do think they're interesting uh, to look at over the next few months. Blackpool's away record is a big part of this. So good at Bloomfield Road, as we saw against Forest. But away from home, 12 games, two wins, four draws, six defeats. They failed to score in six of their 12 away from home. And the more I think about it, the more I think there could be a tactical reason for this. The way that they play in the main, I think, suits itself so much more to playing at Bloomfield Road than it does playing away from home. And... You know, CJ Hamilton being able to um, get one-on-one -on -one with, with 
fullbacks, wingbacks get to the byline. That's where I see a lot of their attack coming from and, and then sort of boxing in the opposition from there. Whereas away from home, I think they have it a little less easy. So probably one last dance here with gas uh, because I, I probably won't bat them four weeks in a row. Never say never. It's my next best. Bristol Rovers to beat Blackpool. One last dance with gas. <laughs> Time to tell you about the match odds 90 market. Uh, that's markets with the 90 icon on the Betfair Sportsbook site. And it means if the team that you bet on is winning when the clock hits 90.00, that'll be paid out as a winner no matter what happens in added time. So if I backed Bristol Rovers on the match odds 90 market and they were 2-1 up heading into injury time and then Blackpool scored an equaliser, I would be paid out as a winner on that bet. You can build Akers as well with the Matros 90 market. Uh, as always, make sure you understand the T's and C's uh, and do make the most of Betfair's Match Odds 90 offer. Who's your goal scorer? Fabio Carvalho, 7-2 anytime. Mm. <clears throat> um, Fun. Yeah, I mean, he. I, I was kind of surprised to see that he started in the 2-1 defeat against Norwich. Not because he shouldn't, just because often when you get these kind of signings in, they take a bit of time to bed them in. He played 90 minutes and he was pretty good. Um, he looked a little bit rusty. He wasn't quite the player that we we were used to seeing, but he was still in what was a pretty poor display for Hull. I thought he was one of their better performers. Um, but he, he's being pressed up at 7-2 to two here to score any time, which to me against Sunderland side, who we now have massive defensive issues. Seems like a massive price for a guy who, last time he was playing at this level, 18 months ago, scored 10 goals in a season. And even in that season, you know, he didn't play loads of minutes. I mean, he started most games, but he was managed in a certain way, I think, in, in terms of minutes played. Uh, it was 33 starts, so just under 3,000 minutes. So to get a player who scored 10 goals in this league previously, who you anticipate, given time, will improve, but then you also think that Harlow without Liam Delap, who has scored goals from the season, Jane Philogene, who scored goals from the season, Aaron Connolly, who scored goals from the season. Yes, Billy Sharp is a man leading the line, but in Fabio Carvalho, they've got to be expecting goal involvement is a key part of why they brought him into the club. Um, Harlow, I think, 3-1 to win the game, which kind of appeals to me. I know they're in a poor run of form, but I, I don't think Sunderland are playing too well either at the moment. Um, but I think they, they should create plenty of chances. So I'm um, yeah very happy at 7-2 to take a chance on a guy who's going to play... He's probably going to be playing 10 behind behind Sharp. Um, and he's probably the best player in, on the pitch and, and maybe one of the best players in the whole division. So, yeah, 7-2 seems a big price to me. Fair play. Uh, mine is... Actually, I'm going to do a bit of drama before we say the name. Since the start of December, George, in the Championship, that's nine games. <coughs> Crazy amount of games in six, seven weeks. Nine games. Uh, four Championship players in that time, are generating more than 0.4 expected goals per 90. Adam Armstrong, good player, plays for a good team at Southampton. Uh, he's priced up 2.4 to score away at Swansea for Saints. Sammy Smodix, the league's top goal scorer, 2.38 he is at home to Huddersfield. Hadji Wright, XG monster, 3.1 to score away at Sheffield Wednesday. Fourth name on the list, may surprise you. Isaiah Jones. Wow. 3.3 he is, 23 to 10, to score for Middlesbrough at home to Rotherham. This is objectively the easiest fixture in the championship. Rotherham's away record is absolutely miserable. Middlesbrough, really good team, playing well at the moment. Did really well against Villa and Chelsea in the cup, then went to Millwall and won 3-1. Now have had a, a week, much needed week on the training pitch, and I see them coming, flying out the blocks here. Of course, at times this season, they've struggled with composure in the opposition box and conceded sloppy goals, but I really think this could be uh, 
I'm a bit worried that the Millers might be on the end of a real thumping here. Uh, Looking at the prices, I mean, Borough are strongly expected to score at least two goals in this game. Uh, and I think we should be with Jones, really, because he gets into brilliant positions. He's both good 1v1, but actually most of his uh, opportunities come where he just makes really good, uh, you know, good runs, good movement at the back post. He's not the best finisher, I think it's fair to say. But he did score last time out against Millwall. Hopefully confidence is high. Uh, I'm looking for the prophet, Isaiah. Always to make some profit at 23 to 10 with the Betfair Sports book. Long shot, what is it? My long shot is Birmingham to beat Stoke to nil at six to one. Yeah, nice. Um, this is a game between two sides who are really struggling and have made recent managerial appointments, both of which I think will be quite good. But um, Stoke seem to be, uh, you know, that I don't think Birmingham's forecast improvement has been any way factored into this under Tony Mowbray um, and we're already kind of seeing it they beat it was a weird game in midweek against Hull where both teams played weakened, weakened sides um, but if you look at Stoke's recent home record it is so bad like it is so bad they've, they've only scored one goal at home in their last six games uh, that came against Swansea in, in, middle of the, in the middle of December their last two home games have been 0-0 draws they've been beaten 1-0 by, by Sheffield Wednesday so that landed here 3-0 by Blackburn um, already this season also been, been beaten 1-0 by Southampton been beaten 2-0 by Preston like uh, this is a trend where their home games are, are fairly dire and they're struggling to create chances last time out at Rotherham it was a horrible game very few chances a set piece goal a very good one from Lewis Baker one stoke the game itself so I think this is going to be a really low margin game and a game where um, a goal might win it and in doing so I think 6-1 is a big price for a team in, in Birmingham where you can expect, I think, the likes of Dembele and Stansfield to really kick on under a manager in Mowbray who's very good at coaxing the best out of young players. There's also a line where, even though Birmingham, you know, the perception is they've been so poor, they've only lost one of their last five games and that was an away game at, at, uh, at Leeds. So, you know, no real um, embarrassment there. Yes, two of them have been cup games, but even so. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think there's much between the two teams. I think they're both struggling and I think 6-1 to one is a huge price for um, the away team to beat a side who can't really score at home yeah mine's an 11 to 1 long shot and it's the man whose name is closest to your name in the EFL George Elikobi not in the EFL he's the manager of a National League South team the next best thing Michal Helic. Yeah. Huddersfield's Helic. I'm backing him to score anytime against Blackburn Rovers why because I was expecting a much shorter price, to be honest. Helic scores at a ridiculous lick for a centre-back. And mostly these guys, your Aidan Flints, your Sean Morrisons, etc., get chopped down all the way into five, six to one, sort of price that you, you would or should never back a centre-back to score, realistically. Um, but Helic's here at 11 to one anytime. It's the best price out there. A lot of firms are around six to one for Helic, but the Betfair Sports put going with 11 to one. Uh, I think we should try and make the most of that. Seven goals this season in the league for the centre-back Michael Hellick. Seven goals in 27 games, so just better than one in four. He has scored two more non-penalty goals than any other Huddersfield player. So he's their top scorer with less than half the season to go. He's a centre-back, but he doesn't seem to care about that or let it hold him back. His XG per 90 is 0.14. That's He's got the most total XG of any championship centre-back, but Wes Harding and Kyle Bartley are just slightly higher per 90. He's just an absolute monster in the opposition box, Helic. He gets to the ball seemingly uh, first. 
He has strength, he has power, and unlike a lot of centre-backs that generate a lot of shots, he seems to have good finishing ability. It may be complete luck and variance, but he, he just seems confident in front of goal this season. The kicker here is that Blackburn have conceded the joint most set-piece goals this season per the Opta analyst. So you'd think that they may be susceptible to the most dangerous centre-back in the division. Betfair, the standout best price, 11-1, to Michal Helic any time. Right then, George. Time for a BTTS sixfold. Take us away, please. You got one in the championship and two in League One. Yeah, I do. Um, championship is Norwich against West Brom. It's kind of a funny one, this for West Brom. Ooh, Corboran. Yeah. Where you spell the O with a zero because it never <laughs> concede or score any goals. Yeah, you, you say that, but recently, <laughs> I mean, uh, there were just a bit of fun, mate. There were four one one nils in a row um, fairly recently, but we saw last time against Blackburn, they uh, Bags beat them four one. There've also been a few games recently where, again, like the one all was Stoke, the two one against West Brom. I think this is just a massive game for Norwich, basically, where BTTS has copped in all of their last four games in all competitions. Um, yes, fans aren't happy, and you know for David Wagner, these games are important. But at home, you know, I think basically if, if Norwich, despite the the kind of better form, you know, they're unbeaten in four, although again two FA Cup ties in that. Um, if they fail to score at home to West Brom, I think the knives are really going to come out. And it just, you know, it feels to me like a big price, basically, because of Corbrand that's kind of factored in there. So might not be the most c- compelling case I've just ever made there, but um, but that's where we stand. Uh, Port Vale, Wickham, next one. Two teams who are posting massive XG numbers at the moment. Wick, uh, Port Vale uh, at home in particular. Um, and I think, as I said on the pod a couple of weeks ago, in my mind, from an attacking standpoint, there are definitely some green shoots. Wickham as well, creating way more chances at the moment than, than they were previously in the campaign when they were actually doing better, ironically. And then Bristol Rovers um, and Blackpool. Blackpool in midweek, uh, or both these teams caught midweek in the FA Cup. Uh, Blackpool coming back from 2-0 down against Nottingham Forest to draw 2 all. Goals following them around massively. Their recent games and all competitions have been 3-1, 2-1, 1-all, 3-2. 2-1, uh, 2-1, 3-1, 2-1, 4-2. Like the last time they didn't have a BTTS was back in the middle of uh, November. So a team to follow for BTTS. And Blackpool, I think their issue this season has basically been an inability to keep teams out uh, for the most part. Otherwise, I think they'd be to, kind of towards the top. Uh, back-to-back wins to nil improved that, but this is a completely different proposition. And when the two sides met back just before Christmas, it ended 3-1. Two different teams, aren't they? Blackpool home, Blackpool away. Yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. You done? Yeah, I'm done, mate. Cool. Plymouth Cardiff for me. Uh, This one is because when I see Plymouth are playing at home, I back BTTS, yes. With the speed of a rat up a drainpipe. (laughs) And I didn't see much from their opening game under Ian Foster at Huddersfield to put me off that, albeit that was an away game. They are still going to attack uh, with speed on the break. They're still going to be dangerous on that front. Uh, I think they're still going to be pretty susceptible defensively. New players betting in with three low knees having been recalled. And uh, I think that Cardiff can hurt them. They've got their own quality on the break in particular. Carlin Grants looks decent in the last month or two. Plymouth Cardiff, BTTS, yes. I've also gone for Burton against Charlton. This is more of a Charlton thing. I just... Spoke about it, was it last week on this show? I see them as a really unserious team at the moment. Broadly incapable of concentrating or gritting their teeth for a full 90 to keep a clean sheet. It's been absolutely ages since they kept a clean sheet in the league. The 21st of October, 
the last time Charlton didn't concede. There have been about 13, 14 games since then. Uh, and Burton are a tough team to predict, really. Uh, but they've appointed Martin Patterson. They did well against Derby. Scored two at Pride Park. Not many teams have done that this season. So I think his first home game, there'll be some good energy in the ground uh, and kind of excited about their new striker, Joe Hugel, on loan from Manchester United, who scored uh, on his debut. So Burton Charlton. And then Harrogate Grimsby. Not sure if you've heard of a team called Grimsby Town FC. Wow. They drew five all last weekend. And it was as they say, a five-all game against Notts County. Uh, before that, they lost 6-1 to Walsall. They beat Salford 3-0, lost 2-0 to Mansfield, BTTS in the four games before that. No, the five, six, seven games before that. You get the picture. Grimsby games have goals, and I think Harrogate are happy to play along with that as well, the way that they play. Uh, been much, much better going forward recently. Uh, and six of their last eight, no, eight of their last ten, BTTS in the league. So Harrogate, Grimsby uh, as well. The BTTS sixfold is a little shorter than usual. It's around 22.21. It's exactly 22.21. 22.21 or 21.21 to 1. Correct, yes. The BTTS sixfold. <laughs> George, recap your selections. Um, I have got my nap is uh, Leicester to be Ipswich at 20 to 23. Uh, Stockport away at Notts County, my next best. Fabio Carvalho at 7 and 2 for Hull at Sunderland, my goal scorer pick anytime. Birmingham to beat Stoke to nil at 6 to 1 is my long shot. And that's it. The results that I'll be looking for on a stag in Ireland, sitting in some warm Irish pub. You think you're going to Ireland? <laughs> I hope so, <laughs> based on the flights that I've bought. Uh, I'm going to hope that Tranmere beats Swindon. That's my nap, 7-4 to four with the Betfair Sportsbook. And where else? Bristol Rovers to beat Blackpool, my next best. That one at 2.63, that's 13-8. to eight. And My goal scorer is Isaiah Jones of Middlesbrough, 23-10. to 10. And my long shot, Michelle Hellick of Huddersfield to score any time against Blackburn. Rovers, uh, the BTTS sixfold is... Norwich, West Brom and Plymouth, Cardiff in the Championship. Port Vale, Wickham, Bristol Rovers, Blackpool and Burton, Charlton in League One. And Harrogate against Grimsby in League Two. Wishing you all the best this weekend and a big thanks to Betfair for sponsoring the Not The Top 20 podcast. Thanks and go well.